Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Bex. And I'm Laura. And we're here to talk openly and honestly about miscarriage, stillbirth, and all pregnancy loss. We aim to smash the taboo surrounding these subjects and rebuild the topic in a way to support and educate women rather than isolate and shame them. Welcome to the worst girl gang ever. Hi everyone and thanks for tuning in to another episode of the worst girl gang ever. This week we're lucky enough to be joined by Noma. Hi Noma. Hi, how are you? We're, yeah, we're good, thanks. How are you? <laughs> I'm all right, thank you very much. Good. Um, Noma joins us and we're going to talk about cultural differences um, with regards to miscarriage, infertility, all that sort of thing. Noma, take it away. Start us from the very beginning. When did you okay. start trying for a baby? Yeah, so, um, well, my husband and I started coming up to five years now. Prior to that, we had a miscarriage in 2010 and then fast forward to... Last um, October, I had a chemical pregnancy. So that was 2019. So following that, Mm -hmm. you did have a successful pregnancy. I did. So I got pregnant uh, February and then I was 16 weeks. It was, everything was going absolutely fine. I'd had um, a scan on the Friday and had recorded baby's heartbeat because my husband couldn't come in because of COVID. So We were so excited that, oh my goodness, it's finally happened. We've passed the 12th week mark where everyone is terrified. That Monday was rushed to the hospital and saw the gynecologist who said to to me, I'm sorry, I don't think baby is still alive in there. We're going to do a scan to check if everything is okay, but I'm, I'm really sorry. The doctor a lady doctor and she said and she came to my side and she said I'm so sorry I can see the membranes have fallen out that's what she said to me I kind of knew before I left work to go to the hospital that it was all over because I bled quite a lot when I was set on the toilet I think like, you always just, think worst case scenario anyway don't you yeah but in my heart I just felt it I just knew I knew I was at 16 weeks and at 16 weeks they can't save the baby there's nothing that they can do so Oh, no, I'm so sorry. Thank you. I just knew that there was nothing else to be done. So luckily they let my husband in um, and he was with me all the time from when I was admitted until I was taken into um, the bereavement suit. The, The doctor said to me, I'm sorry, this is like a freak accident. It's just when 
your, your, your cervix just goes, I've had enough. And then it just opens up and baby falls out. That's how she explained it to me. Just, you know, you have this vivid picture in your mind that baby fell out. How does a baby fall out? Mm-hmm. You know, you do, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't understand it, you know. Yeah. It's really difficult. I think in terms of that sort of thing, it's really difficult to get your head around because I can remember when I had the miss miscarriage, mm-hmm. they said to me, I mean, I've had children, so I am aware of obviously giving birth. I know what that's like. But they said to me, oh, when you feel the need to push, go with it and push. And suddenly in my head, I knew that my baby had died at nine weeks. And I thought, I'm going to have to push this baby out. You know, and and I didn't realize that the baby was only, you know, an, an inch or two big at the time. In your head, when you're, because you're thinking about your baby... Yes. You are thinking about a baby at the time, don't you? And you've got it completely yeah. wrong in terms of size and that sort of thing. Yeah, because I was, when I sat on the toilet when it was happening and I put my hand down there and I felt something, I went to the hospital thinking my baby's head is coming out. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought. And when I got off the toilet to go and get ready, I stuck some to- toilet paper down there because I wanted to protect his head. And all oh, the way to the hospital because a friend drove me there. I sat on my back because I was terrified yeah. that I would squash his squash head. It, and I, yeah. yeah, and I had no idea that there was something else that's called a membrane that was coming out. I, mm. I couldn't wrap my head around it when, you know, when they were telling me. It's nuts, isn't it? When you think about how kind of uneducated we are in, oh, yeah. in the whole thing. <laughs> we don't have a clue, really, do we? We don't no, have a clue. And this is, these are our bodies. That we and what we do clue. know is usually people mm-hmm. exaggerating or old wives' tales or, you know, mm-hmm. the horror stories. No, no we don't hear. And, and I think if we did know, it would help us a lot because you'd sort of prepare yourself mentally that okay this is what they're talking about I know this and that about it mm-hmm. not you know not starting to think I mean as soon as they stepped out every single time I was on Google I wanted to know yeah, what they were talking course. about because I, I didn't know what they were talking about you know I wanted to exactly yeah. when they say membranes I was like what is down What's there? the membrane yeah yeah and what is that that's that's say the membrane has popped out and it feels like a ball coming there what is that when she said, so that, that doctor that came for the rounds at seven, she just said, um, we're going to have to fast forward things. So she said, we're going to induce you now. How and did you feel we, about that? Were you scared? Um, to be honest, I was in such a shock. Yeah. Mm. I was, my mind was, oh, I'm going to have to give birth to the baby now. And what is my baby going to look, look like? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's, the, what's, what's happened? Yeah. I had, yeah, that's where I was. I was looking for. Did you ask anyone those questions? You know, what, no. what is a 16 week old baby going to look like? Or did you no. Google they, it or? No, I didn't even Google what the baby would look like. All I was Googling was the words, the terms, the, you know, the terminology right. they were using around me. You know, say the membranes are out. I Googled the membranes. When they yeah. say you're going to have to be induced, I was Googling what induced means. You know, all those things. I wasn't, I wasn't I aware f- of what, what all of that was. I so. think you almost as well. I certainly, I was a bit embarrassed to ask what the baby was going to look like. I felt like I should know already. Yeah. So yeah. to say to the professionals, oh, sorry, can you explain to me what a, nine-week-old baby is going to look like what can I expect I just didn't feel like I could Mm, mm. I think there needs to be a lot more open communication and I think they need to offer us the opportunities or you know maybe even if there's a a leaflet of like the common questions that people have maybe you don't have to ask and you can just see the information but something has to change doesn't it even if someone sat down with you and said look at this your baby is this size at Mm -hmm. the time that he you know the baby died your baby is that this size therefore 
when the baby leaves your body, you won't necessarily feel it mm. as a baby. You won't feel this mm. sort of head. You won't feel the pressure. You won't feel that you might be expecting. Because mm. for me, that was a massive... I was so panicky about having to push out, essentially, my, my dead baby. Exactly. That's what I was thinking of. That's what kept going in my mind that, oh... So I lay on the bed and I was thinking, I'm waiting. He's going to come at on, and, and in, any point mm. now. What's going to happen since the membranes have come out? Am I just waiting? Is the baby just going to pop out? I mean, I had my legs wide open like this i was laying on the bed with my legs wide open because i, I wasn't sure what was going just to panicking. happen yeah, just and panicking and retrospectively now i know that yeah. babies are in there for 40 weeks and i know mm. the size that they are when they come out and i don't know why i didn't think of that then but you've mm. got so much other emotion and worry and panic and sadness oh, yeah. and grief and just desperation yeah. in your head <laughs> you haven't got room to be asking questions i just think you need no. so much more hand holding and taking through things kindly oh, yes. to mm. be explained exactly what's going to happen to your body exactly what is oh, happening yeah. to your body and mm -hmm. exactly what you can do to help yourself to i just exactly. think there's such a big gap yeah, in, in how to help you there aren't right. not com like comfortable conversations to have are they but no. the person going through it it's you know even more uncomfortable mm, it you need is, to be come forward with that information rather than us having to wonder and worry and yeah and feel that's, worry that's about being the, embarrassed at the most mm, shittest time in your life why on earth mm. would you oh, it's yeah. just it sucks uh, it, it does it sucks big time i mean i I, the nerve, they kept coming in. I mean, with the mask, you wouldn't know who's in, who's out. Yeah, I, I make, yeah. I, if you asked me today which of the nurses looked after me, I can't remember. The one I with the mask. Because with COVID, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the one, I think I could tell them apart with their uniforms. That's the only thing mm. I could see. Because I couldn't see, you know, they would come and look at me, but, you know, I had tears in my eyes. What could I see? You know, it's like yeah. you're wearing glasses. You can't see anything at all. I was so like, you know. after they induced you, mm -hmm. what happened? How long did it take? So after they induced me, I started actually having like cramping, bad cramping. Yeah. And well, now I know that that was actually me going into labor. Right. So I had cramps and it, it sort of hurt continuously. And your husband was with you for this time? Yeah, he was oh, there. Yeah, he was. He was just sitting on the couch that was there, the sofa bed that was next to the bed. And then I think I felt some, a, a gush of blood coming out. So I said to, to the nurse, um, I feel something mm -hmm. down there, you know, and she said, Oh, I think you've had, you've messed up the sheets a little bit. Let's change the sheets. So they moved me. Well, I got off the bed, they changed the sheets. And as soon as you got to the door to take the, the change of sheets, suddenly there was this gush of water. So that's the membrane that actually. Popped. Okay. Right. Yeah. It, and then I said to her, you need to come back. Something's come out. Something's come out. That's what, that's what I remember screaming to her. Something's come out. And she just turned around. She said, oh, oh come, okay, I'm coming. She turned around, came back, and she said, oh, your, your waters have broken now. So your waters baby should be coming in any time from now. Let me get some more clean, clean, um, clean sheets for you. I'm coming back. And then she went out again, came back with another nurse. And then I got off the bed to go and get... get um, well, I got off the bed and then I said to my husband, I need to go into the toilet. And then as I sat on the toilet, I felt something, you know, like I felt this instant pain around, mm -hmm. you know, my vagina. And then I, and that something just went. Poof. And then I said to her, I screamed again. 
something's come out, something's come out. And she said, okay, okay, I'm coming. And she came into the toilet and then she put her hand down on the toilet. And I looked at her and I said, is it my baby? And she said, yes. And I just, I just lost it then. And then I, w- I went back to the bed. And when I went back to the bed, they were um, cleaning um, my baby up in, in, in the bathroom there. And then they got him dressed and everything. And they came out and I was laying on the bed now just with tears coming out of my of my eyes yeah and then they were about to bring him to me and i said no i was terrified i didn't know what what what, what they were to expect i yeah. didn't know what to expect and i said no and then my husband stepped up and he took him and he looked at him and then gave him back to the nurses because they dressed him and they put him in um like a little cradle knitted cradle yeah. and then as they were leaving it though i just looked at my husband and our eyes met and I felt he was saying it's okay you know yeah. and then I said I said when they got to the door I mean that nurse I'm sure she just thinks wherever she is that this girl kept calling me from when I was at the door you know <laughs> and when I was right at the door I just said can I see him and then they gave him back to me oh my goodness oh wow yeah I wasn't I wasn't expecting I, I, I mean I just looked at him and I just saw a carbon copy of my husband he was, he was daddy's boy he was yeah he was going to be a daddy's boy he's he was really an identical copy of my husband his cheeks his nose the way he was laying that's how my husband lies like sleeps at night with his hand on his chest and one put on his back Oh, that's wow. exactly how the baby was laying and I said I actually asked the nurses the next day and I said did you put him like that and they said no that's the way we his hands kept coming back to that same position and I just thought oh my god I cannot believe this something you've wanted so bad and then ripped suddenly from you and then you kind of look at him and you see it's everything you've wanted you know his little long legs that are we are both tall I mean, I'm six foot six, <laughs> my husband's <laughs> six foot seven. So, you know, he's he had very long legs, all his little hands were there. You know, it's, it's a baby, you know, it's mm. a proper human. He was well How many weeks gestation was, was 16? I was 16 weeks. Yeah. But when I went in for the scans every time, they kept saying this boy is big. He's a big boy. Mm. He's a really big boy because the way... Uh, the nurses the midwife said if I she asked me later on did you feel anything and I said yeah I'm actually quite sore down there and she Mm. said well he is a big boy Mm. he's measuring almost 18 weeks rather than 16 weeks okay and what did you name him Loma it's Idris Heve Heve that's his dad's name his middle name name. thank you so we had him for like an hour they left us alone and we spent time with him and then later you're glad on, you got that time with him. I am. I am really glad I had that mm. time. I think I would have been left with lots of questions. I believed that I, would, I had a baby inside my tummy, but mm-hmm. I don't know. There's that part of you that always wonders, isn't it? Is it a real baby? Is it what's happening in there? Mm, so yeah. I, I'm, I feel like if I hadn't seen him, I might have not believed that I had ever been pregnant. Sometimes, you know, when I'm in this grieving process obviously you start feeling was I ever pregnant at all yeah I mean we've talked quite a lot about like validation of grief and I guess I guess seeing him and spending time with him it does validate it doesn't it yeah we spent time with him that evening slept well we rang the nurse they said whenever you want to give him back I think they do that maybe to 
preserve him. Yeah, so they took him yeah. away f- for the rest of the night. Um, the next morning, sort of it hit me that I'd had a baby, you know. Mm-hmm. And then I buzzed the emergency button <laughs> and I said, and then she came in running and I said, I want my baby. That's what oh, I said. I said, I said, I want my baby. And she said, oh, you want cuddles? She was really nice. The midwife mm-hmm. was really nice. She just said they really treated Idris like he was still alive. That's really you know, good. Actually treated him like a baby that was alive. And her saying to me, do you want, do you want to have cuddles now? That hadn't come to my mind. All I wanted was to see my baby again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's all I wanted. And so she brought him back to me and we had, I, I laid him next to me as, you know, what I had imagined I would do when he came, you know, yeah, when I took to him and I was looking at him fixing his little blanket and, you know, looking yeah. at him and just touching him and, you know, just talking to him a little bit yeah, and singing. Yeah, and mm-hmm. singing to him. I did sing to him quite a lot, yeah. And this was all just a few months ago? That's, yeah, that's in May. So how, May. how have you been? How have you been coping since then? What support have um, you had? Well, I've had uh, a grief counsellor that rings me every once a week. So, I mean, she said, she said if I needed more uh, sessions with her, she's just a phone call away. And, I and has that been helpful? It has been helpful in the sense that I've had somebody to talk to that I feel doesn't judge me. Uh-huh. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. And she listens to whatever I'm feeling and she validates my feelings. Mm-hmm. She doesn't sort of brush me aside. She, she listens and she tells me that, you know, it is some, it is normal. Yeah. I'm not going crazy. You know, I'm not going yeah, crazy. I think that's thing. so important. Mm-hmm. And it's someone who's removed from your, your normal life and from your mm-hmm. friends and family. It's really mm-hmm. healthy to have those conversations with, with someone else, isn't it? Yes, it is. It is. It is really important because um, when I came back from the hospital, I felt like I'd left my baby with strangers. Mm-hmm. I don't know yeah. if any of you have ever. Yeah, I felt like I left him with strangers and I constantly yeah. cried and I said to my husband, well, I know he's not alive, but I keep thinking, what if he wants his mummy? What if he's hungry? What if he's cold? You know, I kept thinking of those things, but it, it's not rational, I know. I know he's, he wasn't alive. I know he's, he's gone. But in, in my mind, that's all I kept thinking, you yeah, know, like... Mother's instinct, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, like I've abandoned him. I just left him there. I cried a lot for that particular... Like, I was just like, I want my baby back. I just mm-hmm. want him back. I've left him with strangers. I don't even know those people that have him. To talk to the grief counsellor about it, and she was telling me, it's perfectly okay. That just, mm-hmm. you know, made me feel a bit better that I could just express myself that way without having to, you know, curl up in a corner and just cry to my husband. And he's, he, has, he didn't know what to do with me, you know. Yeah, but... Yeah. yeah. He had no idea. I, I didn't sleep for the first week. I had nightmares. I was waking up screaming. Mm. I couldn't sleep. I, I had a day where I didn't even get out of bed. And that's not... I just thought, why should I bother? Why should I get out of bed? What do I need to get out of bed for? Yeah, it's been a roller coaster to be honest. I've got good days and some days you just think I can't I can't do it. I just And cannot. so was there was there a turning point or are you still very much on that what's the point sometimes um, even now? No, I'm much better now because I kind of went back to, to work quite early on. When you lose a baby before twenty three, is it twenty three weeks? Mm. You don't get as much leave as somebody who would lose a baby in the third trimester isn't it yeah so the difference yeah. between the, the what's classed mm-hmm. as a miscarriage and a stillbirth isn't it that's that's right yeah so my employers are like family so um they've been amazing 
to say mm. the least. And they told me to take as much time as I needed. But my husband had to go back to work. They gave him three days. And then they said to him, you can take two more days of your leave days. So in total, he had like five days off. And he had to go back on the following Monday. And I thought, I can't be here on my own. Mm. I will just instantly lose it. So I said to my employer, I'm coming to work. And she said, are you sure? She was, you know, she kept asking me, are you sure you should just take as much time? And I said, I need to be around mm. you, you know, people that I know. People at this minute Because you know, if yeah. I yeah. stay on my own, I was afraid of what, what, what I would do. To be honest with you, I was afraid mm. of what I would do on my own. I wasn't, I didn't trust myself enough to stay home by oh, myself. Wow. Yes, I didn't. I didn't trust myself enough to do that. So I went back to work and they were amazing. They just said, take it easy, do whatever you want to do, you know. I mean, I still have the downstairs bathroom where it happened. I, I struggle with it. I do go in there, but most of the time my heart is beating so fast because it takes me back and, uh, to mm. what happened. And my, uh, the, the grief counselor said, that's the trauma part. And how have your family been? Where are your family? Are they back in Zimbabwe? Or? Um, no, actually, my, the rest of my family actually lives in Botswana. But my mom um, is South African. My dad is Zimbabwean. So they live in Botswana. And our African culture, well, baby loss is not talked about. Right. If a baby is even stillborn, you don't even get to look at the baby. They just whisk the baby away and get rid of the baby and that's it and you just go home and why is that i i think for them because i don't understand either i've never asked my mom why that is but from talking to my husband because i'm from southern africa my husband is from cameroon he's western african and we were talking about it one day and he kind of said to me what he explained made sense he said i think they do it so that they think if the mom doesn't see the baby they're not going to have a memory a lasting memory of what the baby looked like and they're not going to grieve for the baby for something that they never saw yeah but it's going to be quite the opposite isn't it in, mm-hmm. in reality yeah, that's the thing because we've gone through it we know exactly what would you know but this yeah. is i think this came on about with somebody who'd never gone through it you know is how course, yeah. you know it's somebody <laughs> who's never gone through something like this you know, probably like, a, oh, man. a man exactly. i was just gonna say you know <laughs> because I was arguing about sorry to any men listening (laughs) (laughs) yeah I was arguing about the 16 week you know the holidays that they give somebody with the 16 having I I mean I gave birth to my baby I went through Mm. labor so why is it different from me because I've had him in second trimester why is it different from somebody who's had their baby from 23 weeks you know onwards why is it different why it, it really upsets me that much that why is it different why they expect me to go back to work after five days after three days because you only get three Mm. days i've given birth you know i'm still soaking through my pads why am i supposed to go back to work after three days oh absolutely yeah it's just you know so coming back to the culture side you know it's uh, that's what my husband thinks and i i kind of agree with him it's probably because they don't they don't they've never been through it and they wouldn't they just think they're helping maybe Mm. to put it that way yeah, and so have you spoken to your family about it? Do they even know? They do know. So um, I lost my sister a couple of well years ago. So my mom does know firsthand grief, really. She's right. because she's lost a child, but my sister was older. She was twenty six when she died. And um, sorry, thank you. Um, my mom kind of yeah. She said to me, "It it hurts. It will hurt, and you will yeah. You know, you will you will feel all these kind of pains." But to say, I mean, to how do I put it? 
she doesn't know what to do to be honest that's how mm. I can she has no idea well, if she's still living within a culture that uh, there is such silence even more so than our culture which mm-hmm. I think the silence surrounding miscarriage and pregnancy loss is ridiculous within our culture mm-hmm. but to be still within that culture living that life it must right. be very difficult for her to display any kind of emotion yeah yeah it is it is quite hard because um i only found out that my aunt i've got an aunt that lives um up in wales and she said she rang me when this happened and she said it, it will hurt i actually lost a baby i had no idea mm-hmm. i had no idea she had given birth to a baby and, and i said to my mom auntie told me that she lost a baby so and my mom said Oh yeah, now that you talk about it, I remember. Well, I was away working and when I came back, I just heard people say that she had had the baby and the baby died and we never spoke about it. And I thought to myself, wow. Okay, so what struck with me with what she said was, you only know the pain that you're feeling about losing your baby. We can call you and we can ring you now and we can talk to you and we can do, it lingers with you, it will stay with you. You are the only one that will feel the pain. And for me, I... She was, I felt like she was talking about herself right. in a kind of way. Yeah. 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 In a kind of way that she was, you know, she was never, she never grieved. She was never given the, pla- you know, the space to grieve for the baby. You had yeah. to carry on. She had to mm-hmm. grieve on her own. Yeah. You had to carry on and pretend it never happened. Never even oh, saw the baby. Awful. It is. It is really awful, isn't it? So, so and my, my dad has only texted me. And said, "I'm so. I heard what happened. I'm sorry." And that's as far as the conversation went. So, so who do you go to for support and to talk about how you're feeling? Um, friends, very um, close. I've got two very close friends around me. So one's from church, and we do go on walks and we talk about everything. She just lets me. She's kind of a mother figure to me. Okay. So yeah. I, I actually call her Mumsy. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she yeah and she's the one I just open up to and um, I'm very close to my employer as well she gives me the space to I mean she's there for me if I want to say anything anytime she's there even on the weekends she's like let's go for a walk you know she sees I'm not are you having a bad day today you know take it easy you know she's mm-hmm. she's there and she's she's been very supportive in lots of ways not just That's one, good. one. Yeah. So what about yeah husband's family are they local no, they're not. So I've got aunts in Belgium. I've got, yeah, and some of them are in France and some of them are back in Cameroon. And okay. none of them have spoken to me about it, actually. No. How has your husband's family been about the whole thing? I'm not sure because <laughs> it's all conversation in, conversations in French and I don't speak French, unfortunately. Oh, I so see. <laughs> I have no idea what oh, they're talking about. that's a about. song. I don't speak French. So <laughs> I let the funky music do the talk. Yep. Is that a song? <laughs> All right. I'll work on it. <laughs> yeah, so I've, I've not, none of them has said, well, his mom rang me and that was like a day after it had happened and she was talking to him and she asked to speak to me. So he always has to translate what she's saying. And I just burst into tears and she kept saying, no, 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 you need to stop crying. You know, it's okay. It's going to be okay. You know, mm. it's going to be okay because she kept saying Sava, Sava, and I understand Sava is it's going to be okay. Just mm-hmm. yeah. it's going to be okay. And my husband's um, mom has had losses as well. I think there might be three oh. or four, but okay. I've heard it from from my husband. She's well because I don't speak the same language as she does, so I don't know firsthand experience from her. But what I remember him saying was, "Mom just said I need to look after you. 
I really need to look after you. That's what he said to me. Yeah, that's what he said to me. And when she does ring, she does ask about me. But my, um, yeah, my aunts are in France and Belgium. I haven't heard from them. None of them have said anything to me. They might have said something to him. I don't know, but none of them. Not that they don't have my contact details or anything. Mm. I've not heard from any of them. And does that, does that hurt you? It does. Yeah. It does. It does. It hurts me quite a lot because in the African culture, if you are struggling to have a baby, whether you're having miscarriages, whether you've had, you know, you're just not getting pregnant, they already start to judge you. And that's something at the back of my mind. That is that what is happening, that I am not good enough, you know, to be his wife, to be able to carry a baby for him. And if we were back home, trust me, he would have had another a baby somewhere else. He would have had a second wife given to him, you know, like they would have found a second wife. I actually pushed him to get married to somebody else to give him wow. babies. And trust me, he will go out. If he doesn't get married, get a second wife, he will go out and just sire another child somewhere out there and come back and tell you. Because it's his manhood he's trying to prove that will be the thing. Oh, but in trying to prove their manhood, your womanhood is... No, your womanhood doesn't matter. If as a couple you're struggling to have babies, something is wrong with a lady. It's never anything wrong with a man. Mm. Never. It's never anything wrong with the man. It's my fault. Something is my fault. So men don't get tested. They'll never go to the hospital to get tested or anything like that. They'll never. Only a fraction, maybe 1% of them. They don't Mm. do that. I am very lucky. I consider myself lucky that my husband has sort of agreed to anything. If it's vitamins, we just take them together. If it's going to see the doctor, he holds my hand and we're going together. And I am lucky. I consider myself very lucky because if Mm. it was anyone else, I'm sure other men that I know. Culturally, that just doesn't happen. No, he would have just been going, what are you talking about? I'm absolutely fine. There's nothing wrong with me before even, you know, sort of saying it indirectly that something is wrong with me. Yeah. So... I would know by now. So that's me thinking, okay, so my body failed me. I have an incompetent cervix. And now on top of this, he would be told, go and get, you know, another wife. And me feeling like, because this family has not been in contact with me. So I'm not, I'm not worth anything, you know. Yeah. Can I just say the word incompetent cervix? That is a horrible word. Isn't it right? Because that totally puts the blame on the woman again. Yes, incompetent cervix. Incompetence is just such a shit word, anyway, isn't it? Like it is. Being remember being called incompetent at school, and it just takes you down to feeling like a centimeter high and useless, Mm. awful. But Noma, does this mean that in a future pregnancy Mm -hmm. you can have a cervical stitch? That's right. Um, From my doctor's words, they were. we will try and put in a stitch between eight to 12 weeks when you get pregnant next time. And he said, it's not a guarantee that anything could go wrong, but if it comes to incompetent cervix, that might just hold it. That's if they've, you know, managed to do it early enough because I did say to him, well, would you know then if it was happening, they said, no, you, you wouldn't be able to tell if it's going to happen because yours was quite sudden since you'd had a scan on the Friday, you know, yeah, of course, it was quite sudden. It was just, yeah. So we say it's, it, we will watch, we will try our best to, to kind of watch you closely, but 
that being said, it's something that can happen in an instant. Mm. So, so are you ready to start trying again, or is it something you've putting on hold for a while? No, we are actively trying already. <laughs> we are because yeah, I was. I don't know if I should say lucky. There's nothing lucky about losing a baby, but I was lucky. Well, I'd say I was fortunate enough to kind of go through everything without have, needing any further intervention. So mm-hmm. baby, placenta, everything just came out right after the, each other. So after I had Idris, the placenta followed. Okay. So, so no physically you're fine. Yeah, there's nothing. Yeah, there's nothing. They didn't even need to do scans to look at me. I've had three cycles now. So okay. okay. Yeah, I'm absolutely fine. And they were back just right back on time. So nothing has gone amiss or anything out of, yeah. So I've been okay. So. Oh, no, my fingers crossed for you. Yes, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Fingers crossed for sure. <laughs> yeah. I do wish, I do wish my family and our families were quite open about it because it does bother me very much that um, there's lots of women out there that um, don't have access to all the help. You know, I'm getting counseling. My mother has never got counseling for my sister's death. And there's no one that they can talk to about Mm. it. You know, it's... There's so much silent pain, isn't there, going on in the world that is unseen. And no wonder people in your culture don't open up about it when they know that, that their peers and their family all have this, this view, this opinion of them. It, Mm-hmm. It must be quite scary speaking out it and is. opening up it is i'll tell you something i um after losing idris i there was um so i'm in a ladies group so it's a ladies group of um zimbabwean ladies and somebody posted saying what's the worst thing that's happened to you this year and i did say you know losing my baby and i got about a hundred and something comments you know, people saying they're really sorry and everything. And I said, and so we got into conversations with other ladies saying, I lost my baby too. And then I said, Mm. you know what? I would like us to talk freely about it. I'm going to create a page for us ladies, you know, there's bubble ladies and we can talk about experiences. Amazing. Oh no, it's not, it's not amazing. Just hang on. (laughs) Oh, okay. Open the page. (laughs) Open the page. I was there for, I had maybe 10, 11 people joining. And I was the only one having a conversation with myself. Oh, no. No one said anything at all. I opened up the platform. I said, this is a safe place. We can just talk about how we feel. You know, I'll start first. I said, you know, I introduced myself, talked about what had happened to me. And I said, you know, I worry in our culture, we don't talk about these things. And with what I'm going through, if I don't get anyone to talk to, I mean, I've been in a dark place when I lost just the first few weeks. I, I promise you, I thought of suicide. I did think of that. Mm-hmm. I will admit, you know, blandly admit it. it. It crossed my mind a couple of times. I mean, I'm in a better place now. I'm still grieving, but I don't think about that anymore. I think it was just the pain. I mean, my grief counselor said to me, she was a bit worried, but she said, and I've had some people who've resonated with me that have said they've thought about it, but they have never taken, you know, they're not going to do it, but it, the feelings that you have. So I was kind of going, you know, with these ladies. It worries me that we don't talk yeah. about these things. We don't. None of them ever said anything. And I had added that page for about two months until I just thought, you know what, this is pointless. I just close it up. Well, shall we find mm-hmm. you some buddies? Anybody <laughs> listening to yeah. this podcast, get in touch with us or we can hook you up with Noma and... 
I really think it's important that you speak out and you provide support. Like we've said, the more we speak about it, the easier it is for other people to speak about it. Just because you're from maybe a different culture, it doesn't mean that your feelings are any less valid. It doesn't mean that you need to be quiet, you know, take Mm -hmm. a leaf out of Noma's book. Mm-hmm. And, and talk contact contact Noma directly we'll put your if okay with you Noma we'll put yes. your, your handle on our, our podcast and if yes. you want to reach out to someone mm-hmm. I'm happy you know, to Noma's talk, your girl yeah. I'm t- happy to talk I'm happy to listen uh, you know if you want you just want me to listen at the other line and you can just cry <laughs> I'm happy for you to you know for anyone to do that and you know mm. just for someone to feel like somebody's listening to them yes. you know someone validates sure. how they feel Absolutely. you know so it's it's if it's a can, rough road it's a rough yeah. journey to be we honest can stop please. someone feeling less isolated that's, that's right. the aim of the game, a good job it? hey girls yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah well thank we you so so much noma for joining us and we're so sorry um to hear what you've been through and uh, you the loss of your beautiful little boy idris Thank you for telling us and sharing his story with us. Uh, I feel so certain that by doing, by talking so openly and honestly about the whole experience, you will help. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you very much. And I mean, I'd say to friends, friends who are listening, if you've got somebody who's lost a baby, please just reach out. Even if you don't know what Mm -hmm. to say, just say, I'm here. What can I do? What can I say? Because that's the one thing that I find difficult that most of my friends have just gone quiet say something to me because to me then if you go quiet it means you don't care that's yeah. how i take it you don't care that's about the me. number one comment yes mm-hmm. means you don't, you don't care. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah so just say something you know just text a, a text just to say i'm here you don't have to say a lot you know if you don't know what to say we understand we know yeah. it's a yeah, difficult conversation but just try your best say i've had something. friends that i've called and they've not said anything it's coming to three months now from the moment I said I've lost my baby, that's the last I heard from them. I haven't heard anything. So, and so that's say really something. Good. Yeah, mm. do say something. Say something. <laughs> I'm giving, <laughs> giving up on you. Again, yeah, I think right. <laughs> that is terrible context. Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah. Oh, sorry. We I'll need to work on, on our context. Uh, yeah, we do. Yeah. And on yeah. that note. <laughs> 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 amazing well thanks everyone and thank you so much everyone for tuning in and we will speak here listen speak see you next week on our next episode thanks for tuning in Bye. bye thank you thank you so much everyone for tuning in and please please when you have a second rate us review us and share us and let's get this taboo smashed see you next week